Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. The following conversation with my friend Bodhi is a bit unusual for this podcast channel as Bodhi is just 12 years old. I've known him all his life as his parents are close friends of mine here in Australia, and I have watched their wise curation of interests for their children over all these years. You see, Bodhi is a thoroughly modern kid with contemporary curiosities and action-packed proclivities. But he's also a young man who has, in a way, one foot in another time, a time of innocence and contemplation even, one that reminds me of when I was a schoolgirl and feelings of safety were assumed and our days included sometimes being bored and having to find or create ways to occupy our young minds and bodies. Our conversation included thoughts on the school shootings in America, young people's obsessions with social media, and the power of friendship and family in a young life. Our discussion might also transmit a visit to the long ago world of your own youth and serve as a reminder of the enthusiasm and resilience of young people, particularly at this time in history when we have so much worry for them. Their generation is rife with both challenges and possibilities. They're not comparing it to any other time in history. They are as alive on life stage as we were in youth. And for me, tuning into that frequency is an experience in innocence found. So, Bodhi, welcome to In the Deep. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Yes, I'm loving that you're here. So I wanted to ask you, as someone who is paying attention to what's going on in your age group, in your generation, and because you're kind of an international character, you've got an American mother, you've traveled a lot, yeah. and, well, you've traveled a lot more than a lot of people my age, even, and I know you have an interest in what's going on in the world. What do you think are some of the most important issues for people who are, you know, your age, 12, preteens? Well, I mean, climate change for us, like how, how we're moving into the future, like hopefully we can, I mean, a worry for us is, like, I want to have kids, and if my kids one day have to, go through the trauma of seeing the planet literally destroy before their eyes. I would hate to see that. Well, I wouldn't see it, but I would not want that to happen. Of course. Yeah, I would say climate change is my main worry, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. And do you think that a lot of, like, do a lot of kids that you know in your school, is that what they talk about? Well, yeah, um... Our school is a beautiful school. It's a standard school. We uh, have a climate action group and we design like posters and go for marches. So I'm happy with that. But yeah, there are quite a few people in my class that worry about climate change and what to do. Yeah, of course. And what are the ways that you kind of calm yourself down in all of this? Do you? Well, I'm just thinking that there are people out there who can really make a change. Like, I certainly am going to try and only use, like, solar power energy when I'm older and have a house and hopefully buy an electric car and, 
Yeah, but like, I mean, how do you calm yourself down? How do you, what are the things that you reflect on that make you feel better about all this? Well, I mean, knowing that there are people out there who are starting to make green energy farms, building massive solar panel farms, and that comforts me and makes me think we still have a chance Mm -hmm. this and like if everyone could switch to green energy by i don't know 2030 that would be amazing and if all of australia did that other countries would copy and i really believe that would help us and yeah sure yeah i know that you've been hearing about the texas shooting the recent one yeah and um I'm wondering what, you know, of course it's far away, but it's it's actually in Texas where your mother's family live and you're about to go there as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What goes through your mind when you hear this kind of thing and does it make you nervous about being here, for instance? Well, well I think, well, I should say, I know we live in a very safe environment here. Yeah. And I'm, I feel safe and... I just know the closest person with an automatic gun would probably be a person up in Brisbane with part of a SWAT team or something like that. Yeah. So that's good. But, I mean, I'm very, very happy that Australia uh, has said you need to have a gun licence and reason to own a gun if you want to have a gun, basically. So, yeah, yeah I'm happy yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> that calms me down. <laughs> yeah, that calms you down. So, yeah, you don't really... In your own personal life, you don't have many worries, really. Well, no. No. I wouldn't say so, no. All right. I know that there's a lot of focus on the fact that kids are spending so much time on their screens. Yeah. And there's an obsession with kids wanting people to notice them and look at them and focus on them. Like, there's this sort of self-obsession that people are trying to satisfy through having other people witness what they're doing. Yeah. Do you have any of that? Do you feel any? Well, first of all, I have a family that don't like gaming, so I was only allowed to watch TV when I was like eight, nine years old, Mm -hmm. and that was good, and I'm very happy with that because there's just some kids out there who, like, I I don't have a problem with this, but, like, I just can't see myself on a screen all day. I mean, some kids do game, and I guess that's what their family's okay with, but, yeah, my family definitely is not okay with and your And your school also is very um, yeah, we, uh, limiting of, of screen time. Yeah, our school. <laughs> Funny enough, to get into our school, you need to sign this whole form saying, my kid has never watched anything, and they actually, like, interview you. Oh, for like when you get yeah, in when yeah. you're when six, you get in, yeah, like when you're stuff, little. That's uh-huh. fine. Right, but then you're allowed some screen yeah, time. Yeah, you are like later on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you don't find it too much of a handicap or you, yeah. No, I know you have a lot of extracurricular activities. So yeah, yeah. it's like I'm never bored. I got or well, have archery. I have soccer. I got karate twice a week. I have swimming. That. Guitar. Yeah, that is a lot better than screen. Yeah. Um, I love doing those activities. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that you appreciate all of this because, well, you know, there are certainly lots of kids who would feel very, very restricted if they couldn't just 
watch screens whenever they wanted. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, I think it's become a form of babysitting for a lot of families. So once again, you're so lucky that your, your parents prioritize these yeah. other things for you. What was it like for you during the lockdowns here in Australia? You guys didn't go to school for a period. Yeah, we... Was about three months. Uh huh. I think, yeah, that was. I have lots of unpleasant memories about that. I should say. I mean, like, in this very room that we are in, I was actually over there, and I had my own setup of my books and all that, and it it was just so hard, just not having your teacher there comforting you when it's hard, and like she couldn't actually explain all this and. My dad, for example, when my mum was away, uh, my dad has no idea what long division and short division is. <laughs> so that was a bit of a stress. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it really impacted me because I wasn't able to see my friends and um, I wasn't able to do my sport, which I love. So we started getting into stuff like um, we did uh, family lighthouse walks. Oh, nice. Every morning, and we would um, just, like, after that, we would chill in the park. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Well, so do you have good memory? You have you have some memories that you might yeah. not have had if there hadn't been a lockdown. Yeah. Not that I yeah, yeah. <laughs> would be encouraging of any more of them. Yeah, but, um, but it did bring some good memories, and I enjoyed some of that yeah. time and stuff. Sure. Yeah. It's nice to be able to... You know, find the joys whenever there is some kind of restriction of any kind, which we all face at different points of our lives, that, you know, you find some some golden lining in it. Yeah. So you're inspired by, you feel calmed by the thought of people doing good work. Yeah. Tackling the various crises we have. What do you see your role like getting a job and stuff? Yeah. Like, what, do you have any idea? I mean, you're so young to have to think about that, but do yeah. you think about it? Well, I mean, I haven't yet discovered what my passion is, but I really, really want to make a company or, like, do work for people who, or do work for myself, like, for people who um really help people. So not only that you're benefiting yourself with money and a job that makes you happy, but... A job that helps other people and that's what I that's what I would want for a job for example like my dad he's very successful businessman and he designed this company when he was quite young uh, and it helps people with disabilities and I I love that how he's like just helping other people while he's potentially helping himself and yeah yeah that's really beautiful just going in and seeing him actually have fun and like I know some people with their jobs they just hate their jobs and stuff but I really want to have a job that not only helps right. me but helps other people yeah it's such that. a it's such a key to a kind of happiness when you feel that you're in service to others it's like yeah, yeah. and it's nice of course to be remunerated yourself yeah you just feel so good when you help like sometimes our uh, dad has taken me to Sydney mm-hmm where his work is and I've helped him around there and yeah it's just I, I love the environment it's such a nice people with all of his clients and I love meeting them and oh. teaching them stuff and <laughs> helping out what do you teach them 
Well, I mean, like what kids like me like to do and... Okay, just I mean, having a conversation. Yeah, and just having a conversation. to know each other. They yeah. love it when mm-hmm. people reach out to them and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and ask them about mm-hmm. themselves. Like, do you have a sense that um, goodness is rewarded, but maybe it's its own reward? Yeah, I do have a sense like that. I mean, I think about wanting to be a good person mm-hmm. and, yeah, mm-hmm. like I said before, helping other people. And mm-hmm. Those are my main thoughts. Yeah. What is it that you look for in your friendships? Well, when I see somebody and there's a Japanese saying that, um, I don't know if I said it right because I've just started karate, but it's basically like when your internal energy, your key, matches with someone, so when you meet them it completely matches and you can feel that energy and it comforts you. Like I recently, uh, well, not so recently, but a couple of years ago, I met this person and he was... We just, I was in America at the time and we just completely, something clicked and we just matched. It was like we had everything in common and we had so much fun together. Wow. Like we both like skiing, we both like cars, we both liked a thing called fingerboarding, scootering and yeah, I really had a lot of fun. Yeah. And like with my other friends, I mean, I have a friend who's quite quiet Mm -hmm. and uh, likes to observe the scene rather than kind of speak so he's always quiet and I really like him because he's quite a nice person and he's always such a what's the word he's very well mannered around my parents and um let's just say there's a cheeky side to him Uh so not only that he's really well behaved and Good, but he's cheeky, and that's what I really like about him. Uh-huh, cool. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that in a person, too. I like that, that yeah. you know, yeah. if there's a little tiny bit of an edge, yeah. you know. Recently, my dad said he's such a well-mannered person, and he, he it's weird because I never really see him be cheeky. He was so well-mannered and stuff, and I'm like, oh, Dad, you have not seen the cheeky side of that. <laughs> Boy, man, you got to come and <laughs> hang out with the boys. Yeah, <laughs> you'll see someday, Dad. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, it's nice that um, you you're you're able to, you know, go that range of someone you have a lot of sort of external connection with and a lot of sports and having fun and being out and about, mm. uh, and that you also have an appreciation for someone who's a bit more interior. Yeah. Um, and would you say you have those two sides in yourself? Yeah, well, I can be very well-mannered. I can be very cheeky. I can be very... I can be very, like... Tough, or...? Yeah, like, I mean... But there was this phase, like, when... I'm on the bigger side and I'm I'm more muscly and masculine and big. And, yeah, there was this phase when all these year four, year five kids absolutely just... Ugh. They dreaded me. They were so afraid of me. And inside, I'm a kind and loving person. Like, I really care about people. <laughs> Did, had had you ever done anything to make them? No, not at all. They're yeah. just scared of my figure. And 
It's like, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Don't judge anybody by their looks and yeah. the act. Everyone's got a soft side. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly some more than others. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, but you weren't, you weren't into bullying anybody. You just Not at all. Right, yeah. If anything, I wanted to stop bullying. So yeah. Yeah. there has been some instance where kids have been bullied and I've stepped in between and said, that's not okay and yeah. please leave us alone. I do not. I just don't like that. So it's come against me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess with the training that you're now doing in karate, there would be a lot less of that happening, you know? Yeah. <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> yeah. But you must be trained in certain moral, res- like, you just don't go yeah, kicking you, around with karate. Never. No. The only reason I started doing karate, self-discipline, mm-hmm. I think that's really important and uh, also just self-defense obviously because like there have been situations where you some people need to use force when it comes to the last resort and I don't want to be a person who will just get hammered like I need to uh, know that I can protect myself against other yes. people when if need be yeah if need yeah. be when and, and your and your life as you're saying you you live in a very safe circumstance but who yeah. knows what the future holds yeah um. <laughs> yeah yeah okay what are the things that make you most joyful well definitely seeing my friends and family yeah I mean like I haven't seen my grandma in three four years I think and I am pissed we're going away sometime soon and I am so excited and I just I am so so excited and I love my family so so much and yeah just thinking about it every day that I'm gonna see them soon just makes my day and yeah, That's I'm really nice. looking forward to seeing them. So it's very much in your mind, this, yeah. this impending trip. So I, whenever I'm feeling bad, I just think about my family, and that really helps me. That's beautiful. I think that's, I mean, everything you're describing, I can imagine people listening and thinking this is a very lucky birth, you know, that yeah. you, that the whole package, you know, that mm-hmm. the place you were born, the yeah, people. extremely who, lucky. Yes, and you know that. I have the most beautiful mother and the most kind, loving father. Yeah. The most cheekiest and <laughs> adorable, adorable young brother. <laughs> yeah, he's he means the world to me and so do my parents. And I, yeah, yeah, that's so nice to hear. Catherine, how have you been uh, feeling recently? Like, how are you... How how did you cope with the shooting in Texas? Like, how did that affect you? Well, you know, because I'm from America, mm. and this, of course, is not the first school shooting. Yeah, it, you know, this is so sad. This, it's a it's one of the worst. It's I think the second worst. Yeah, but there are lots of them. There's so many of them, um, and there's not just school shootings, but mass shootings, and there's also Mm. general... Bank robberies. Yeah, general crime. So when I see something like this, it reminds me of a sort of system breakdown. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So 
That makes me extremely sad because I have so many friends and my family yeah. are, are all there. And you might feel some degree of that because yeah. your mother's side of the family is there. Yeah. So we all have a an empathic response that isn't affecting us totally directly in, in, in the immediacy of where we are, but it's because our hearts are connected. And then if you extend that and you think about you know, suffering anywhere in the world. People live under all kinds of threat and all kinds of terrible circumstances. There's a kind of sadness that I feel that that's the world we have. And I talk about this a lot on my podcast about how you have to just keep going and be grateful as you are yeah. um, for the beautiful parts and not miss out on them, you know. Yeah. Uh, by worrying about all the terrible parts, even though the worry may come up and be around and you kind of just get used to living with that a bit. Um, So you you don't block things out or deny things, but at the same time you don't let them sort of take over and ruin your own life. life. Yeah. Yeah, completely know where you're coming from. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's just absolutely crazy how... Well, I live in Australia. We, I think, I don't, it's 1965, like, and so now we've had nine deaths, like, shooting deaths, and only this year, America's already had, like, 22, 20, 23, something like that. Oh, you mean mass shootings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is just, that really bothers me. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's other... Other things going in the um, in the world too that are very very difficult. Yeah. yeah. So you know it's part of what it is to be alive and to be aware of other people and their troubles. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So um, what are your worries at the moment like? What do you worry about sometimes? Well, similar to you, I'm aware that the climate issue is huge. Yeah. There's a lot of social unrest, and they're all this. These are there are these intersecting crises, mm. and one feeds the other and intensifies each other. So there's social unrest based on a lot of pressure about the climate collapse. Yeah. But again, I, as I just said, I kind of keep it in check in terms of, you know, knowing this. This is also my time on this earth, and. Yeah, you have to kind of choose to see the beauty and and yet stay aware of of a bigger picture. Do you think any of that is necessary for like someone your age? Like when I was your age, I didn't think about these things. We didn't have these kind of problems, like mm-hmm. these world problems, or at least there wasn't much access to even be aware of them. Yeah, you yeah, know, it was yeah. post World War II, just post. So there was this kind of heyday in America. America was exploding with wealth and possibilities and creativity. And then we went into the '60s. There was some, you know, there were some problems in the '60s. There was yeah. the Vietnam War. There was there was the Civil Rights Movement. You know, there were those things. But even so, the world still felt very, very different, and it wasn't the same level of 
pressure. And also, like I said, we didn't have the kind of awareness. Uh, yeah. We didn't have the internet. So you didn't get that much news. You got the evening news and you got the newspaper's news. Yeah. And I've always been interested in the news, but even so, it didn't take up much of my day because, you know, you'd read the newspaper yeah. <laughs> or, or you'd listen to the evening news yeah. for half an hour. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And that would be the extent of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, here we're under a glut of information that is constantly telling us all these things that are happening all over the earth. And sometimes I am aware that, you know, maybe we should really unplug from a lot of that, that we don't have to know about every single twist and turn. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think with regard to social media, the way that the big tech companies are actually selling our attention yeah, I have a lot of that, and there's stuff like you're on social media, like, and literally listen in. The companies sell that information to other com- companies. Like, for example, my mum has horrible knees. In her family, everybody has bad knees. And basically, uh, she was chatting with a friend, and she has Instagram because she's part of this fundraising thing, and um, she likes to know what's happening with her. Anyway, so she's just talking to our friend about knee replacements mm-hmm. and all this, and like an hour later she gets an advertisement like how to get rid of bone-on-bone bone knees, and that is just, I, I hate know. that's scary. It is, I know, no, we're being listened to for sure, you know, that, and not this is not a conspiracy theory, but it's just that the artificial intelligence I'm not thinking that there are people in rooms listening to us, but there's some way that there's a, a sharing of information, you know, yeah. a, across the cyber waves that yeah. you can just be on a phone call in your car and then you go home and get on your computer and you're right, you're getting all of this advertisement, yeah, the things that you were talking about suddenly. So, yeah, it's clear that what is now a commodity is actually our attention. Yeah. Is there an awareness in your group, in your friends? Is this something you ever talk about or you, or that you think about? Well, I mean, some of my friends don't believe in this, and yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Sure. Don't matter, but there is one of my friends who, like, I sometimes talk about this with, and, yeah, I mean, it's not a big thing we talk about. No, of course. Yeah. Like, occasionally it might come up, like, mm-hmm. like what I explained with my mum, mm-hmm. like, that could happen. And sure. I might tell my friends, but it's not yeah. a big thing. I don't, I actually, I mean, that is one component of the whole thing. I mean, I guess another one that we could talk about or think about is that the social media itself is, is having this kind of strange, it's causing this massive cultural shift in terms of how we all connect and relate to each other and how how different it is from anything we've known in, in history, really. Yeah. And we're very, you know, we're, we're animals that like to be in a group and be with each other in person. You know, yeah. that's what we have thrived on. And what's happening is a lot more, strangely, a lot more isolation, despite this idea of everybody being connected. Yep. Yeah. Are you finding, I mean, I think probably you, you have so many external 
fun things that you do and so many people you're mm. actually in presence in groups yep. so it's not so much an issue for you no. but do you observe it in in any of the kids or probably not at your school because it's no. a Steiner school not really <laughs> not really yeah mm. no not no um, but how do you think followers impact people like follows followers followers so like people oh, being yeah, yeah, yes and... oh goodness yes well yeah, okay, just to touch on something I said earlier about people wanting to be witnessed doing anything yeah. that they're doing and that they're out for likes and out for followers and that their self-worth is based on yeah, how like, many well, likes. Like, people are just obsessed with that kind of stuff and I, I don't like that. I mean, life's not about, oh, my God, I got 10,000 followers. It's. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like... People are literally begging you to follow them and do all of this. And, yeah, it's I know. how does that impact your life? Right. Just, it's a number of people. As strangers yeah. often. Yeah. You're just mostly yeah, strangers. Just, yes. How does that impact you? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. This might not be appropriate, but I know you've heard of the Russian and Ukraine war. Okay. Or should we maybe not talk about Um. Whenever there's an outbreak of war that's in our news, you know, we're we're hearing about it no matter where it is in the world. Yeah. Are you are you getting that kind of information in your circles? Like do your do you you and your friends talk about any of this stuff? Yeah. Well, um there are a lot of things that like spread like wildfire that sometimes I might not even know about. For example, like the shooting in Texas, I, I barely even knew about that until I got to school and one of my mates was like, hey, you hear about the shooting in Texas? And that's where, like, my parents have been very kind and loving and, like, some of the things they just don't want me to see. Yeah. So <laughs> whether they like it or not, yeah, one way or another, I generally hear yeah. what's happening because of school and, all that yeah yeah that's how it was in my time as well yeah but, um, you know that that the news got around that that's just part of I think growing up and it's nice it's nice too that you're protected you know you're protected from a lot of the worst of it and there's a lot of stuff you just don't need to know why even yeah you know and especially my parents don't want me worrying about that kind anything of stuff. yes exactly yeah exactly. like with wars like at the moment the one thing i'm happy about is it's not a world war yes and that yeah i would i would become extremely scared yeah if it turned into a world war sure but, yeah, yeah, the good thing is it's only two countries. And yeah. Yeah. How devastating that is. At least it's not a world war. Right, exactly, yeah. yes. You certainly have a lot of wisdom for a 12-year-old person. <laughs> and I was thinking about it because I've known you since you were in the womb that, you know, when you were seven, you couldn't have possibly had a conversation like this. You were just a no. seven-year-old kid, and even your yeah. even your eight-year-old brother couldn't have any kind of... So, you know, that you're only 12 now, and so really we could say for only the last few years would you have entered to a level of articulation and understanding. Yeah. So this is all relatively... Well, yeah, I mean, the whole understanding thing. 
I, I went through this phase when I was still very innocent and I had no idea and like, but I think I had this turning point when I just completely matured out of that. Mm-hmm. I think that I was 10 when I started turning into like maturing mm-hmm. into and started getting that greater understanding of what's happening and mm. how to deal with that. And, mm-hmm. like, and you actually remember that as a turning point. Yeah, I do, clearly, because one day I was just thinking about it and I'm like, that's not what it, that's not what I used to think about. And, like, I used to, I used to, like, not think about this kind of stuff in a certain way, like it's something just clicked. Yeah. And... Yeah, I definitely matured. Yeah. I mean, like, if I told my brother about how 22 people died in Texas in a school shooting, he just couldn't cope with that. Like, he would be traumatised. And so I would be, I would still be scarred in the inside, but I am very upset about that. But, yeah, as soon as I clicked, I could, I felt like I could, handle that kind of stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I definitely mm-hmm. could handle that right yeah I mean you also went through the very big accident and you were there on what had happened with your uncle um, who has fortunately done very well since that time but yeah um, we are very blessed like he fell into a geyser and he had 10% chance of living and yeah, he was burned. He, yeah, severely burned. I think it was three-degree burns. That was severely bad. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, he had a 10% chance of living, and he just just kept on fighting. And that's what I really admire about him, that he pushed through that. And recently, like, he, he didn't like the water before, and let alone now yeah. getting literally fallen into a geyser you would be traumatized by heat and water yes and yeah i watched this video that actually made me cry that he was swimming with his girlfriend in mexico in a beautiful stunning uh little river that just made my heart melt and really he was facing his fears and I'm so proud of him, and I love him so much. Yeah, yeah, I saw that video too. Your mother showed me, and yeah. it made me cry too. <laughs> so, do you think going through that changed you? Definitely. Mm-hmm. It taught me to look on the bright side, and not just like sure I was crying a bunch, but I knew he could do this, and it was like. Instead of just constantly crying, I told myself he can do this. I know he can do this, and I trust him. He's a fighter, mm. always been a fighter, and and he can do this. And yeah, here he is today. Sure, yeah. he has to. He has some restrictions, like he can't be out in the sun, but he's perfectly normal, back to his normal life. And mm. yeah, I'm so proud of him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he might feel the same about you. I remember when you were just a babe in arms and I was staying with your parents and and your uncle was there and we used to just take turns holding you and dancing around. We put on great rock and roll. He loves music. (laughs) He used to be in my car seat. He used to put on the music and be like nodding my head. I know. It's probably why you've got such great rhythm now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Um, 
All right, Bodhi. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me in, in the deep. And I, I really enjoyed this experience and hope to see you sometime soon. Yeah, like for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> we all stay together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, my dear. This has been In the Deep. You can find the entire list of In the Deep podcasts at katherineingram.com, where you can also book a private phone session and view upcoming events, such as our monthly Zoom sessions. I want to deeply thank our donors for your support and encourage our other regular listeners to consider making either a one-time or a recurring donation. We would also be grateful for a review on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening. Till next time.